Welcome to For the Love of Dogs with Dennis Wolf. Hello, everyone. It is Friday. I always tell you that. And of course, I'm telling you that because it's Friday. This is just really the first weekend that really feels like fall, like autumn, beautiful, beautiful autumn. And, you know, it's nice because we're getting that little bit of cooler time at night. But it's also reminding us that we can have some pretty crazy weather. So just remember, if you're going to go and you're going to have your dogs with you, and there's a lot of places that are dog-friendly, make sure you bring water, make sure you bring a little blanket, or best thing actually is what we use at Merlin's Kids and we love is for everybody to have something with a rubber backing to it, like a, a bath mat where it doesn't slip, because that's one of the few things that will keep the heat or the cold from penetrating through and getting your dog too cold. So really important for everybody to remember that when you do travel, travel with your dog and you know enjoy it, of course, but make sure you have something for him to lay on. Make sure you have a, either collapsible bowl or some sort of bowl that you'll have there. Um, and, and also it's a great idea to bring your own water or buy spring water or whatever brand you buy, because dogs really have quite a variety of intestinal issues. And actually, right now, there are so many issues going on with um, dogs having diarrhea, dogs having gastric issues, uh, colitis, gastritis. It's really common right now. And there are also a lot of really weird things going on, like Canine influenza, I mean, there's all kinds of weird canine influenza. There's mycoplasm, and mycoplasm is a tough one because it's harder to get rid of. Um, and then you, of course, have your kennel cough bordetella, which has a number of strains. And mycoplasm also can have a number of strains, can be very, very difficult, and there is no vaccination for it. So remember, a vaccination protects you and prevents you from getting whatever it is. So if you get a vaccination for polio, it means you won't get polio. If you get a vaccination for smallpox, it means you won't get smallpox. Vaccination means that you're protected against getting the live version of it, which uh, some of you guys are going to hate me and I don't really care. Honestly, stopped caring about what people thought, oh, about, oh, 10 years ago or so, and about two years ago, really stopped caring. So, you know, if you get a vaccination for your dog and it, and it works 100% of the time, then you're safe. But a lot of these things, and the ones for people with uh, all these different things that they're coming out with, if it just is going to maybe help a little, why are you taking a chance of putting that into the dog or, you know, the person? But the key here is make sure, and especially with Parvo, there's uh, a lot of Parvo going around now. A lot of dogs that have diarrhea. There are a lot of dogs who are having a lot of real bad gastric issues. So they are recommending, and I know my dogs that go out on the road, um, they recommend that if your dogs are going around any other dogs or even on the street, that your dogs, if they're within six months or so of needing a new booster, even though I do not believe in over-vaccinating at all, if they are within that roughly six-month window, certainly if it's three months or so, speak with your veterinarian and really consider 
having your veterinarian reboost your dog if you uh, are, you know, if you have a great veterinarian. Now, they can also, on a lot of these things, they can titer. So a titer is actually very cool because they take actual blood samples and they determine from the amount of antibodies in the um, in the blood sample whether or not your animal is protected against that. So, for instance, you have a 10-year-old dog who's been getting rabies vaccines every year, every three years. Chances are that unless the dog has a compromised immune system, he's probably still protected from what he got when he was seven. So you want to check that out and um, try whenever possible to, you know, under-vaccinate with your vet's permission versus over-vaccinating. But right now, I'm telling you that a lot of these um, really, really crazy bugs like parvo and the flu and all these things, these are really starting to take dogs down and really they're starting to kill healthy dogs. So certainly if your dog is a little older um, and any dog, I, I think everybody should go to the veterinarian twice a year. I think once a year isn't enough. I think twice a year and let your vet go through, do some blood work. Um, I do hear that a lot from my patients where they say, well, why do I have to get all this blood work? Why do I have to, you know, do this all the time? Well, the reason we do blood work is to make sure that if there is something starting to change, they're able to tell before you have a problem. Now, just imagine if you get blood work and you say, wow, look at this. The kidney values are a little funky or the liver values are a little funky. Oh, what's that from? Well, they can check to make sure the dog has, doesn't have Lyme, that the dog doesn't have any kind of kidney damage, that the dog is, you know, healthy. And if you are like I am, and I'm a lunatic with my dogs, I just love them so much. I will put every penny I have into any of my dogs, and I have great insurance. I happen to have Trupanion. Love it, love it, love it. It's a little more expensive than the others, but boy, oh, boy, you get what you pay for. Um, and so my dogs, I, I bring them in pretty, pretty frequently. And I, listen, I know a ton, I know more than most of you guys will ever know. And I will still bring them in. If you have a good veterinarian, trust that vet. Vets are not like most vets. I'm not going to say blanket statement because you can't say all anything or know anything, but most veterinarians have definitely your animal's best interest at heart, especially if you're able to go to the same veterinarian every time. They build a rapport, and they're the ones who know your animal because they've seen that animal. Sometimes you start with a veterinarian who, you know, your puppy is 8 or 10 or 12 weeks old, and they're giving them vaccination. So they know them from when they were little. They're a great resource for you. Um, and you can even call the vet's office. A lot of veterinarians will you know, if you leave a message, we'll call you back. And it's crazy busy out there for all of them now. All vets are just crazy busy. Um, but check with them. And it doesn't hurt to bring, especially this time of year, to bring your dog in. If the dog is, you know, in need of, you know, a 40X, like to check for Lyme anaplasmosis and all the tick-borne diseases, um, or if your dog is getting low on his vaccine, if he's going to be boarded somewhere to a boarding kennel, um, you know, anything like that, you definitely, definitely want to make sure that he is up to date and boosted, unlike humans, which 
we'll leave that out of it. Dogs really need to have the immunities that are provided for by the vaccinations that true vaccinations that they are getting um, that will prevent them from having these diseases. So what they're finding now is Corvo, um, their dogs are actually testing negative for it, even though it's kind of crazy, like they're testing negative, and then two or three weeks later, they'll test positive. There's a lot of anaplasmosis up in uh, Connecticut, up in in the the tri-state area, even New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, the Northeast. There's a ton of it. All the ticks are out really fiercely now. Remember, they're all trying to feed. And then when the weather starts getting a little bit of chill to it, they they are maybe less active in a way, but they're more hungry. And think about it like bears hibernating. So the ticks are trying to just, you know, get in a last reproduction and get in a last good meals. And they are out there. So you got to just be aware of that. So those of you who have your dogs on some of the flea and tick preventatives, well, flea and tick, be really careful. There are some really bad controversial products out there. I'm not going to bash anybody, but I personally would never, ever, ever use something that I put into my dog's body and that it took three months to wear off. Because if a dog has an allergic reaction or gets sick from something, you are stuck with three times or or 30 times or 90 times the dosage. So the flea and tick collars, if you're going to buy one, which is what we use, we use Soresto, just happens to be the one that we really like. Um, The only time those are not great is if you have a lot of puppies or a lot of dogs and, you know, your puppies are going to rip the collars off each other because... They're uh, between 60 and $80 a piece. And another thing, please don't buy them. I buy everything on Amazon. I love Amazon. I mean, who doesn't love Amazon? Um, and I, you know, I love the whole concept about what Amazon is, but I would never purchase um, anything that was going to go on my dog's body or on my children's body from especially a medicinal that's going to go on the dog, like flea and tick or anything, from anything online that is not from an incredibly reputable source. And if you look and you'll say, like, oh, okay, look, they have this one, this Resto collar for $57, and you can go buy one. Well, think about it. $57, is your dog's life worth $57 plus what? Maybe another $10 or $15 that your vet would charge? You know, everyone says, oh, but the vet marks it up. Yes. And if you go to a car dealership, the car dealer marks it up. If you go into a supermarket, yes, the supermarket marks it up. That's how they make their money. That's how they stay in business to keep you in business. So instead of getting any of these medications, um, you know, online, um, you know, or through Amazon, Go to your veterinarian. I mean, I don't care if you buy yourself stuff on Amazon. I'm, this show is not about, you know, healthy humans. It's about healthy dogs. So really important to remember that, you know, if you're getting it cheaply, there's probably a reason. And there's so many knockoffs. I just can't even believe how many knockoffs. And you won't know. People say, but it looks like the real thing. Of course it does. They're not going to say, yes, this is a fake from China. They're not going to tell you that. They take the exact wording. It looks exactly the same. 
The collar will look exactly the same. The problem is that it's not exactly the same, and it can either be completely ineffective or, worse, it can be toxic. And you, for 10 or $15 that you might save on something like that, on flea and tick or heartworm, you are going to potentially kill your dog. So, you know, the, the big companies, the U.S.-based companies, the, the pet meds and uh, Best Pet Rx and all these places, these places, if they have a pharmacist, an actual pharmacist, like a people pharmacist who is in charge of all that, I would trust it because a pharmacist isn't going to put his or her license on the line to, you know, make a few dollars extra for their company. But what you'd um, definitely be able to do, um, you know, it would be interesting um, and to see if, you know, if we at least have, um, you know, a little bit of sense in here. You're you're also only buying these things. They're not you're not buying them every month. You're buying one every eight months for the Soresto. So if you put that on in you know March, it's good till like November December. Right? It's good for like eight or nine months, and then you don't really need it in the winter. And then you put a new one on. So you're talking about sixty or seventy dollars, whatever it is, for for a year. I mean that's not a lot. But definitely be careful. Whenever you buy things, it's like going to the dollar store and buying something and saying, oh, my gosh, look, it's usually $8, and they have it for $1. Well, you know, I don't know where they got it, and I personally wouldn't be eating something from the dollar store, and I definitely would not be uh, doing something like, you know, like using a product like that um, that was coming from uh, another source that I just was not um, familiar with. You know, it's just crazy. So let's kind of get back to also to dog food. Um, there's a lot of different dog foods out there. And right now it seems like it's the war of the roses with dog food companies. So these dog foods are, um, you know, they're, they're, they all have gimmicks and like, oh, it's this one's not good. That one's not good. This one's cooked. This is from the farm, this is from the, you know, the two people, you know, the two uh, dogs belonging to the owner. Basically, if you want to buy something like that, you're better off cooking yourself. I actually had a really, really good business um, that I was, I'm not going to tell you the details because it's proprietary, but it was a great way for everybody to put the exact amount of protein, exact amount of vegetables and fruit, and um, and whatever other fiber and things into their dog's food. But honestly, if you want to go and you're going to spend that amount of money on the dog food that some of these people are buying, that it's just, it's expensive. I mean, we have, you know, at Wyatt Manor, we have like dogs who come in and I mean, they don't even want to eat it. And we're looking at it like it's disgusting. Like why would, why would a dog even think about eating that? It's gross. But people spend that kind of money. They spend crazy amounts of money. And, um, you know, it's almost like they don't think, like they're not thinking about, you know, does this make sense to use this product? And does it make sense to use this product that is, you know, four times as expensive? If you don't want to use kibble, fine. I use kibble and I also 
make their food or I use a really good quality can like an Avengers or Merrick. Um, those are really good ones. I love the Avengers, um, the whole chicken thighs. They are wonderful. Um, and they have, they have the bone, they have all the natural, but they're pressure cooked and they're really cool. So your dog gets the bone, but it's not eating bones. It's eating pulverized bones, but it's still intact. And you can actually just break it with your thumb and forefinger, break it up. So, you know, looking at this and saying to ourselves, okay, cells, what makes sense? Now, a lot of these fresh, quote unquote, fresh foods, not only are they disgusting, but they can have salmonella, listeria, all kinds of things. So even if your dog loves it and your dog goes and licks your baby after, you know, five minutes after it eats um, or licks its paws and then comes up and, you know, lick you or, you know, you're in bed with the dog, which, you know, I sleep with my dog. Um, but that's where we start getting into a problem because all of a sudden you're Subjecting yourself and your children, remember, babies and little kids do not have immunity like we do as adults. So that's where a lot of kids wind up with E. coli, salmonella, listeria from basically undercooked food or um, even if you use raw bones. If you use raw bones, once your dog plays with it for, you know, whatever, 20 minutes, half hour, whatever, throw it back in the freezer to keep the bacteria from growing on it. And you can also, don't boil it, but just put it in boiling water for like 20 seconds. Um, you can check that online to see exactly how many seconds, but I believe it's around 15 to 20 seconds in boiling water. So it's not cooking the bone, it's just killing off the germs. And then you can put it back in the freezer or you can give it to your dog, make sure it's not hot, please, like the lady with the McDonald's coffee. Um, anyway, so... If you can get your dog into, let's say, using part kibble and part something else, or if you just want to cook, instead of getting a prepared three, four, five times as expensive, and it's just a gimmick, it's, it's really just gimmicks, go to your local you know, poultry farm or place where you have uh, access to getting really good fresh things. And if you're able to... Um, kind of just look at that and say, okay, you know, there's there's veggies. Um, I know there's a lot of good ones. There's a there's a Dr. Marty's is very good, but there are a lot of good brands. But you can get just frozen vegetables, like at you know Costco. You can just get a bag of frozen vegetables, uh, put them in a food processor and like a blender, and just zap them. Don't don't pulverize them, but they'll be in smaller chunks, or you can cook them and then do that. Because remember, carnivores don't have the uh, acids and um, enzymes in their bellies and intestines to be able to really digest veggies. Hence, we can't either, like uh, corn on the cob, like you all had at Labor Day parties, right? You had near corn and corn in, corn out. But what you can do is you can get some fresh veggies. When they're on sale, there are different companies that have those. You can just check. You make sure no onions, nothing with like cucumbers. Make sure you don't have things that have too much of, um, you know, like gassy causing things. And definitely, you know, you want to stay away from, for the most part, a lot of mushrooms are not good for dogs. Not all of them. Some are fine and actually medicinal. But you want to stay away from onions. You want to stay away from grapes. You want to stay away from... Um, 
certain like rhubarb. I know there's a few of them though. And you can do a little bit of reading, but if you go and buy those and just make up a whole batch or stick it in your pressure cooker or your slow cooker and just make it like you're making a stew and then take that. And while you are making up your stew and making it all look nice and, you know, all pretty, um, now you've got enough of that stuff that you can just put it in either Ziploc bags in the freezer or little single serve containers in the freezer. And it'll be awesome. And you're, you'll, it'll be half or a third, maybe or a quarter of the price. And you'll know exactly what you got. And if you have a place near you, like a poultry farm, like we have up here, a couple of these different places, you can go get your chicken. You can put eggs in it. You can get whatever different things you'd like. And then you have this wonderful, wonderful mix that you can either feed alone, you know, adding some veggies. Some of these places even have their own patties. Um, I know the one near me has its very own, it's all the meat and stuff, and they just put it together and they put veggies in it and um, they make it up and it's, it's a good product and you're better than, you know, to do that. But the only thing that you're going to be missing, the one thing is you can't get all the vitamins and minerals from the food, um, and I do highly recommend that everybody thinks about getting a really good vitamin supplement. I use NuVet, N-U-V-E-T.com. They're NuVet Plus wafers for dogs or canine wafers, I think they call them. Um, and you can give your dog one a day up to 50 pounds and then two a day up to 100. And then you can feed things that don't have as much of the nutrients because the new vet will cover it. There are other vitamins and supplements. Um, I've tried a lot of them, and there were some of them that were downright horrible. There were some that were useless. Um, I keep coming back to it. I've been using that for my dogs, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years, pretty much right uh, after the company started, and I have been loving that. Um, when our dogs have any kind of issues or they're getting a little old, we just double it up. And they also have a really good joint supplement called New Joint, N-U-J-O-I-N-T. So those are great. And um, if you go online, you can order them. Um, they may ask you for a code. You can just, uh, you can give them the 86686 code. That'll get them um, getting you the right things. And you can then also get a 15% discount for auto ship, which is what I do. So I get, well, I just got a delivery. I think I got 16 bottles. And then at the ranch, I think we got 24 bottles. Maybe it was 32 bottles. Um, we go through at the ranch a bottle to a bottle and a quarter a day because of the number of dogs we have. And I get probably four to four day, five days, maybe four to five days out of one bottle um, with my dogs. Um, but it, if you have one dog and you're giving one a day, there are 90 in there, you're not going to go, uh, you know, it's not going to be crazy. And a lot of the vitamins also, not NuVet, but a lot of the vitamins um, have these really like bad ingredients like wheat and kaolin, like kaolin and pectin is kaopectate. So they're basically binding it with wheat and, you know, kaopectate to 
to get the, the vitamins, um, these other brands, to stick together. Um, and why would you give your dog wheat in a vitamin? That doesn't make, like, any sense whatsoever. So that is definitely what you'd like to do. Um, I also have had a few of my patients lately. I've been um, putting um, on coconut oil. If you're going to use any of the oils, coconut oil happens to be a very inexpensive but a very good oil. Um, don't go and give the dog a quarter of a cup of oil. I had somebody, I couldn't even believe it. She gave her dog, the dog was 20 pounds, she gave it like an eighth of a cup of uh, coconut oil a day. An eighth of a cup, that doesn't sound like a lot. Try to drink an eighth of a cup of butter. Think of your drinking a an eighth of a cup of oil, straight oil. I mean, that's a lot. And so don't do that, okay? Just don't do that. Um, so if you uh, really do want to get, you know, something and you want to use a little coconut oil, use, you know, like a little bit. So if you have a tiny dog, use like a sixteenth of a, an, uh, a teaspoon. And if you have, um, you know, like a 20-pound dog, you can probably use, you know, maybe a, an eighth of a teaspoon if, you you know, or a little bit more. If you have a dog 50 pounds, you can probably do half a teaspoon. <clears throat> if you have a dog who's, you know, 100 pounds, you can do a teaspoon. But what you'll find is it's also great to massage into dry skin for people too. And the coconut oil will naturally lubricate the um, the oils in, you know, or add to the oils in the hair so your dog will get shiny. And if it has any skin problems, it'll help with that too. So, um, I'm going to split off for a moment so we can get ready for our next segment and I can go get a drink because I just coughed and I don't want to be coughing the rest of the show. So, um, you know, there's a lot of allergies out there. Keep an eye on your dogs. And and again, just before we break, um, I do want to mention it's a really great idea when you come in from outside, spray the bottom of your feet um, and you know, uh, with Lysol or with something natural disinfectant um, because there are a lot of things you're bringing in off the street, especially from birds or other dogs or other animals. And then the other thing is wipe your dog's feet off with a cloth. There are a lot of really great wiping cloths. You can even use like a natural one that's made like a sensitive sensitive skin formula uh, for people. But I love that brand, Tropic Clean. It's a a really good brand. We use their wipes and their ear wipes, and they're excellent. It's a really good product, and uh, I like the packaging on it, too, so it's nice and it's environmentally friendly, Um, but the inside is really great for dogs. So hang on. We will be right back in about two minutes, and stay tuned. We'll see you in a minute. So welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with, guess what? Still me, Janice Wolf. So we were having a very spirited conversation about what to do with your dog and all the different diseases that are going on around now. Um, So that kind of brings me for this part of the show into a little bit of a, hey, what do we do when we're trying to socialize dogs, but there's all these crazy diseases, there's all these crazy people. Also, um, what do we do when um, 
you know, we, we really just aren't quite sure, um, you know, what we should be doing. So you can take your dog outside. But, again, don't let your dog nose up to other dogs if you can help it. When you see somebody on a flexi lead, well, if you see a person on a flexi lead, that's a really good sign to run the other way. But if the person has a dog on a flexi lead and the dog is going up and nosing up to every dog, what's happening is that dog is transmitting whatever it has or whatever any other dog had directly to your dog. And, you know, with the cost of things nowadays and with the diseases that are out there, um, you know, it's, it's a little crazy. So, you know, my dogs go, um, some of the dogs go for uh, great handling experiences because when dogs actually go out, if they're with a competent and very confident person, the dogs will get great experience. They'll learn not to be afraid of things. They'll learn that people are okay. They'll learn that other animals are okay. So if you're if you don't have a pure breed dog or if you have a doodle thing or a designer thing or something you can't do it really, um, but if you have a well bred dog that you got from a breeder, what's really awesome is sign up for some handling classes like show handling classes. That what's great about those is they're usually smaller classes. Everybody has to be vaccinated. Well, not the people. The dogs have to prove that that they're vaccinated and. So you know that the owners also were responsible and went to a purebred show breeder. Um, but even if your dog came from a pet store, but it's got a, um, you know, it's a purebred dog, you can go to um, a lot of these AKC events. Now, I'm not telling everybody to go do this, but honestly, the best thing we do, and we do it every time we get a purebred dog that we have the papers on, if somebody, let's say, donates a four-month-old standard poodle that's starting to phantom out, and that means um, they start with a dark, like a solid color, and then they phantom, they get lighter and lighter and lighter. Uh, so in the show ring, that they don't like that, but I think it's gorgeous. We've gotten quite a few sta- really well-bred, gorgeous, gorgeous standard poodles um, that way, and they all get light, either very light gray or very, very light tannish cream. But what's neat about it is we can send them out for a month or two with a handler. And that it would, if you're starting to do that or if you have a child who wants to do that, they can do that in 4-H, which is another whole thing we're going to talk about. But if you do have an AKC-registered purebred dog, um, you can go to some of these shows, take your dog to handling classes, puppy classes, and learn from experts. Because what they will do, and I've taught these classes for years, first thing we do is we teach them don't nose your dog up to the other dogs and teach the dog manners that they, they're not allowed to just see a dog and drag you to it. And they're puppies. And it's not obedience. We don't, I mean, obedience is fine. You know, feel free to do that. But um, I'm not talking about obedience, making your dog sit for, you know, like bribing your dog to do a body position. I'm talking about something much deeper. It's teaching your dog how to behave around other people and other animals, which is absolutely invaluable if you are going to train your dog to be a service dog or a therapy dog. So the other part of that is if you do go to an AKC show breeder of merit or the the CKC, if it's a breed that is not yet AKC approved or accepted, um, same kind of thing. But you can go to handling classes, and they're very inexpensive, 
and you can actually learn how to handle your dog, how to let your dog stand on its own without having you having to hold it and hug it and tell it it's okay because there's something scary over there. Um, but it's really super, and it's great experience and great exposure for the dog. Um, and it's not only that, but it's just a really super, super fun thing for you, too. You can take your kids. You can, you know, take your niece or nephew. I mean, not, they don't usually want little, little kids, but you have a teenager who's well-behaved. Good luck on that one. Um, probably easier to get the, t- the teeny boppers. But if you have somebody, they can actually do it as well. So what I used to do is I'd have all the kids, you know, go in with the puppy or all the the adults, and they would go in with the puppy, and they would first walk around the ring by themselves. And then we would have each of them do that. And then they would go by twos, and then they would go by threes, and then they would trot around the ring. Then they would stop. They would turn. They would you know, put their hands on the dog, move the legs around to get them used to standing in in the correct formation. Um, they'll touch them all over. Then they'll have the person who's pretending to be the judge will come over, pet the dog, touch the dog, run their hands on the dog as if they were showing, um, you know, checking everything, literally everything, and checking their tail. And then, oh, okay. And then they walk, run around the ring, and the puppy learns, oh, this is really fun. People come up, I say hi, they pet me and they touch me, and then I get to go for a little trot. And we do those like every week. Um, you really only need one a week, and then you practice a little bit the rest of the time. And when you're practicing, that's great because now you're going to take people that you meet or family members or friends who come over And instead of having everybody trying to feed your dog some kind of, you know, crappy food or treat that they, you know, they meant well, but it's not something you would ever feed your child or your dog. Instead of that, you can say, hey, would you like to help me train my dog? Can you do this? Can you pretend to, you know, look at my dog, stare at him for a moment and and don't just stare at your dog, please. Um, And, you know, stare at him for a moment and pet his head and pet his chest and run your hands down his, you know, the top of him and the bottom of him and his legs and his tail. And then tell him he's a good boy. And if you want to throw a treat at him, throw a treat at him. I don't mean throw a treat. You give him a treat. I don't mean the person. Well, you can give the person a treat too. Doesn't matter. Just make your dog happy. Give him good experiences with other dogs, with other people. So then by the end of a four or five week class, and I do this up where uh, where I'm the behaviorist at this huge facility. Um, we have like I think it's up to over eighty five thousand or something crazy number, but I know it's over eighty thousand uh, patients. So we have a lot of people who come to us and are looking for their puppies to be trained. Now I can take your puppy, and I have plenty of them here. I have two right now. I can take your puppy and play with your puppy. The problem is I can train them, but if you go, if this puppy goes home or your dog goes home, so everybody does these board and trains and they spend like ridiculous amounts of money, like four or $500 a day. I'm sorry. There's no board and train trainer who's worth that. It's a scam. They use shock collars. Anybody who can promise you they're going to, they're going to make your dog perfect in two weeks. You know what the problem with that is? They can't make your dog perfect in two weeks because the dog's going to go back and within 15 minutes of getting into your home, you're going to ruin it again. And why would you use a shock collar on a dog? Don't use shock collars. 
Do you want to do that with your children? I mean, I can understand doing that with your husband if he's misbehaving, but seriously, why would you put that on your dog's throat? And then the, the shock collar people will be like, oh, well, you know, you just put it on your arm. You'll see, well, your arm is a whole lot less sensitive than your throat is. Okay, let's put it somewhere else, buddy, where it's not so sensitive, or maybe it is all of a sudden. Hopefully you don't enjoy it. But the problem is that if you don't start working with your dog a little bit, and again, these local yokel dog trainers, and there's a lot of fantastic local dog trainers, but there's a lot, most of them, there's no certification, there's no training. They just decide, oh, I know how to train dogs. If I had a dollar for every person who says, oh, yeah, my grandson trains service dogs. No, he doesn't. He trained one dog, and the dog isn't even a well-behaved dog. The dog's dog aggressive. So that's what you're going to you know, count on? No. In order to have a dog that's going to be well-behaved and well-socialized, you need to do that when they're younger. So when if you get a rescue and it's already six or eight months old, you can still do all these things. It just might take a little longer because of the fear phases that they're in. Between six and eight months, they're in like a dual fear phase, their fear, impact, and flight instinct. So thinking about it, if you do something like with a little show doggy kind of thing or like I was starting to say about 4-H, 4-H is great. Um, 4-H is actually a phenomenal group. I was in 4-H since I was, I think, eight or nine. And what's nice about them is you learn with a counselor, with a leader, kind of like a Girl Scout troop, except there are different focuses. So you could be part of, like, you could be in a club or have, um, you know, your child in a club that focuses on cattle or a club that focuses on horses or a club that focuses on dogs. There are so many different options. I've been in the rabbit ones, I've been in dog ones, and I've been in horse ones. And it's really fun. And especially with 4-H, they have a whole veterinary behaviorist um, and uh, veterinary care uh, they talk about. Um, I've got, I don't know how many kids I've worked with who have gotten their 4-H or Girl Scout or Boy Scout or Explorer Scout, Eagle Scout um, badges with me going over animal behavior or understanding how to, you know, approach a, a horse or a, or a large animal without getting the horse scared or you hurt. Um, there's just a lot out there. So if you, let's say you have, you know, a, a poodle mix or you have a beagle pit bull or something, of whatever you have, and you can't do the show dog thing, you can still do 4-H. 4-H doesn't care. And there might even be some scout troops that focus on animals or on different subjects. So check that out. There's a, there's a lot of ways. And if you don't have children or you're not really, you know, predisposed to, to doing that, um, you can also have, you know, have somebody find, I always say, find a neighbor's kid and the neighbor's kid loves dogs and keep an eye on them. Don't just send them off into the woods with your dog, but have that child around the dog, have that child's friends, if they're well-behaved, around the dog, so that the dog starts learning that, oh, children are okay. Because a lot of times what happens is you don't have children around your dog because 
you know, the child is, you know, like you don't have kids and then the child is busy or, you know, is, is too wild. You don't want to choose a wild child to, you know, start working with your puppy because then, you know, the, the puppy learns that like kids are crazy. Um, but again, it's just getting them used to the repetition of different people, of going different places. You're okay. You're not going to get hurt. Everything's fine. You know, don't worry about all those things. You're going to be good. And it's, it is really a lot of fun when you start seeing your puppy starting to kind of come out of his shell, go up to people, not jumping. And again, that's something that at either 4-H or scouts, sometimes scout troops, um, the, the extension service, the county extension service in whatever county of whichever state you're in, a lot of times they have um, really good opportunities. You can even go, if you live in a more rural area, go to your local Agway, um, go to your feed and grain like the mom and pop store, even Tractor Supply. I love Tractor Supply. TSC is like the best store ever. Um, or Menards, the luxury um, luxury place, uh, just like Neiman Marcus. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's like Costco, Target, um, your local supermarket, um, Home Depot, Lowe's, um, your swimming pool place, and your local building place that, that sells buildings. And you can get anything there. Well, if you look on these places, their bulletin boards, sometimes you can see um, different things that are available and see if there's a group or a local farm or, you know, people who live near you who want to get involved and, you know, say like, hey, let's go for, you know, a little dog walk every, you know, every morning or, you know, several mornings uh, a week. The more you can put into your puppy when he's young, the better that puppy is going to be. And if you have behavioral issues, you can always text me. Actually, I will help. I shouldn't say text, but you can email me. Um, I'm happy to do that and to answer whatever you have. Um, questions, you can go through BBS Radio, um, which is where you're listening to me right now, uh, even if you're on podcast. There are very easy ways of finding uh, finding me out. And uh, if you really have questions, you can go on um, Amazon on the, if you have either a Kindle or if you have an electronic device, you can get a copy of my book, which is very helpful for, uh, especially for training service dogs, but it's particularly created um, to just help people with their dogs with behavioral issues. It's called Happens, S H H H, not S H I T. S-H-H-H, happens, exclamation point, Dog Behavior 101. And that Dog Behavior 101, and I've got the whole thing trademarked or copywritten, I should say. Um, it's, a, it's a really great thing because it is. It happens. It's learning how to make your dog listen to you, listen to your sounds, listen to your body postures, your gestures. Um, and not getting so mad at your dog. People seem to me these days to get really upset with their dog. Like the dog has an accident with diarrhea and, and somebody's like, I can't believe my dog, like he's supposed to be housebroken. Well, he had diarrhea. Let's see how you do with that. Let's close the bathroom door, lock your doors. And so you can't get out. 
And let's see how you do without having a bathroom, okay? You got to go. You got to go. And if your kids uh, lock the uh, doggy door so the dog can't get outside, don't blame the dog, okay? But I think we're very quick to blame. This is not a great time in our history this last couple of years. And um, let's not blame whoever or whatever Let's just say this is a really crappy time that we're going to look back on and probably think about that, wow, we wish we had a little bit better uh, situation. So dogs and other animals are wonderful to help us through these tougher times. But let's do the right thing by them. So you can get, you know, Dog Behavior 101, you know, that happens, Dog Behavior 101 for your Kindle. And if you do have questions, if you do want to, you know, ask me anything, you can always email me through or reach out to me through BBS Radio. Um, we have the 800 number, 855-449-9288, that you can also, uh, you know, reach out to us, and we're happy to help you. I think the biggest and most important part of this whole thing is just letting people know that you can do just a few minutes a day. You know, you don't, that's what we started talking about with, you know, having um, people who are, you know, local, you know, dog trainers and they're like, well, you've got to spend 45 minutes a day. You've got to spend an hour and a half on this. You know what? You don't. All right. Because the key is just be clear with what you expect of the dog. Don't be upset with the dog if he doesn't do something right. It's like people who ride horses. And they say, well, this horse won't fill in the blank. The horse won't trot. Okay. I get on. The horse trots beautifully. Okay. So the horse won't or you can't figure it out. Take the blame. The coolest words, the two words that are the most underused and under understated is, I'm sorry. You can say, you know, oh, I'm sorry, dog. I didn't let you out and my children locked the doggy door to be funny, and now my dog had an accident in the house because he was alone for like 12 hours, and he had to go to the bathroom. So, you know, those words are really helpful, and sometimes people do really, really stupid things, um, and then they don't want to back down off of it, and you see that all the time. People, People cause problems they make it happen. They make mistakes. They don't check things out. They make accusations. And then what happens? Then it's like, oh, well, now we got to fight. Yeah, because you got caught with your pants down. And it was embarrassing because there wasn't anything there to look at. So same thing with your dog. If you mess up or if you start yelling at your significant other, your spouse, you know, or you start yelling at the dog because the dog did something, well, why did the dog do that? Did it do it because it was just being bad or did the dog do it because, you know, it was scared or it was alone or it was, you know, locked in a crate and it had to go to the bathroom or it was locked out of the doggy door so it couldn't go outside. It's okay. You don't even have to say, I'm sorry. Just think it. Think it. Be kind. Be especially kind to animals because, Animals love us. God knows, only God knows why. I don't know why sometimes. <clears throat> but dogs and animals, other animals, love us just the way we are. And they are the most filled with grace of any 
creatures on this planet because animals forgive us. Animals are great. Your dog will look at you like, I'm so sorry, even when he didn't do anything wrong. He'll look at you like, I'm sorry, because he understands the concept of grace. He understands the concept that it's okay to show a little bit of weakness. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to make mistakes. It's just not okay to be stupid and keep your mistakes going and going and going and going and going and trying to make up a story like a little kid who gets caught in the middle of something and then lies and tries to make the lie bigger and bigger and bigger and dig deeper and deeper and deeper because the kid got caught. So same thing with dogs. Dogs are honest. Dogs are honorable. Dogs are wonderful. And I hope that you're going to think twice about getting angry at your dog next time something happens. And maybe, you know, maybe we need to look within ourselves, right? The greatest fault, where is it, lies not within the stars but within ourselves. And also the greatest successes lie not within the stars but within ourselves. We have the power, we have the ability to change things. We have the ability to say, hey, I'm sorry. Like, hey, I totally messed up. Or I shouldn't have done that. And I made a whole mountain out of a molehill. And I'm chasing something that that I shouldn't be chasing because, you know, I made a mistake. But people don't do that. They don't do it with dogs. They'll continue to blame a husband or blame, you know, a person who didn't do anything or blame an animal who didn't do anything because they're too weak to admit that they made a mistake and they're not perfect. And it's funny, but admitting you're not perfect is what makes you perfect. You're not perfect until you admit that you're not. But you become perfect when you start understanding that it's okay to make mistakes. It's normal to make mistakes. And just own up and move forward. And on that wonderful, depressing note, at 7.59 p.m., we are going to bid you a fond farewell and tell you to please have a wonderful, happy, healthy weekend. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous tomorrow. Enjoy, and make sure you bring plenty of clear, fresh water and a nice little container for them to drink out of, and go have fun. Have a great weekend. So long for now.